Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy. I have a big program today that I want to get done, so I'm just going to start. What's the best chance of ruling the world? Do you think it's the USA or the United Kingdom or China or Islam or Jesus? Well, I'm going to illustrate to you that it's Jesus. The best chance of ruling the world and doing it well only lies with him. I want to bring your attention to someone named David Woods, Dr. David Woods. He has a YouTube channel called Acts, that's like the book of Acts, 17 Apologetics, A-P-O-L-O-G-E-T-I-C-S, Acts 17 Apologetics. Today, he released a video called YouTube Rewind 2020. Jihad edition. He gives a list of the relentless onslaught of murders and beheadings, bombings, terrorist attacks on anyone who does not cave in to Islam's pressure. So, guess what that means for Christians? They hate Christians. It gives the locations of the incidents, we call them incidents, the casualties, the deaths, the dates, the number of people killed, and the injured as well. There are a couple of websites that he refers us to in this video, and I would like to get all of my listeners to go there and watch this and even go to these websites. Religionofpeace.com is one of them and jihadwatch.com is another. And I'm sure there are others. But I'm going to give you the URL or the YouTube address so that you can go directly to this one. This is an important one and I think each one of you should be interested in this. If you'll write this down, you can write down youtube.com forward slash watch question mark lowercase v equals uppercase c five zero o z six n that's a lowercase n capital M, capital Z, and capital Y. And that'll take you directly to the YouTube Rewind 2020 Jihad Edition, Dr. David Wood's Acts 17 Apologetics. Please, when you find time, and if you can, go to that um, URL and... Check it out, because it's really important. We tend to watch what we can see on television or maybe on YouTube or um, some website about the news. <laughs> but they don't mention the, any of those things going on. They stand up for Islam. Why? 
I don't really know. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good idea. We need to be aware of what's going on in the world in prophecy. And this is right out of prophecy. This is what Jesus himself promised. Trouble and hardship and misery, suffering, murder and death. From Mohammed to Isis. That, my friends, is the name of Robert Spencer's new book. It's the history of jihad. This is where a lot of this information comes from. So I highly recommend that you, as our listeners, as prophecy believers in Jesus Christ, go there and learn all about the enemy. Islam is a satanic cult. There's no doubt about it. Satan is behind this whole thing, and it's a deception, it's a lie, and there's going to be a lot of trouble in the world on account of it. And I think you and I need to keep up with this, keep abreast of what's going on in the world of Islam. Now, we have two major divisions, Sunnis and Shiites. The Sunnis consider the Shiites as blasphemers that must be killed. They are arch enemies. Worse than they hate Israel, they hate the Shiites. Well, the Shiites view the Sunnis as apostates, while they are the Islamic fundamentalists. And they, the Sunnis, must be killed. That's the goal of the Shiites. And they hate the Sunnis worse than they hate Israel and worse than they hate Christians. Although they will not tolerate either one of those people. In fact, they will not tolerate any dissidents of any kind, whether they be Hindu, Christian, or what. They do not care about the rights of their people and they oppress their own people with public beatings and whippings and even beheadings and executions. And then they hang the bodies up there, headless, for all to see in the public square. But it gets worse. I'm here to say that anything they say is surely a blatant lie. Their citizenry must hide their unbelief if they don't believe in Islam, their religion, or Sharia law. Why? Well, because if they get exposed, they will enrage the caliph, the caliphate, which is a Sunni head of state. And so it will enrage the imam of the Shiite variety, head of state. And they will then succumb to the punishments of beatings, whippings, beheadings, execution of some sort via firing squad or chopping off their heads. That's their favorite way. Doesn't cost any money at all, not even a 20-cent bullet. And then it's followed by the torture of their families. Their families will suffer the same fate as they do. Well, it's all about power. It's really not about their religion so much, although 
the Quran actually does say, go kill Christians where you find them. Well, that's us. It's only a facade so they can do their dirty work, the dirty work of Satan himself. Now, what about their educational system? How do they teach their children? Well, they teach them in school to hate the Jews, hate Christians, and hate anybody that won't succumb to Islam. Shame on them. They control the educational systems in their countries like Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and all over the Middle East and all over the world through Sharia law. They control the book publications. What's in those books? The content. They control that very tightly. And also the school curriculums with harsh punishments of torture, forced confession, and death by beheading, followed by public crucifixion after death with those headless bodies dangling above them in the public square. And then the, it's followed by the persecution of their loved ones. Well, these children learn in school, school books, they teach them songs to sing about how delightful it would be to kill Christians and Jews. Shame on them all. Even the children are subject to being beheaded, killed with a sword, or in some way damaged. Like I saw one little kid. He was about 10 years old. He had stolen a piece of bread. So his father grabbed a hold of his son, laid him down on the pavement, and let a truck drive over the kid's arm unbelievable. Do you think they care about human rights? The only right they claim is their right to hurt and kill and maim people. Shame on them all. These ways are taught in the schools. That's the point. And that's no good. They're teaching them evil things. And they're buying it hook, line, and sinker even though some of them do it out of sheer fear. They don't really believe in this. They don't want this. Some of the women especially are rebelling and fighting against the Saudi regime who wants to dominate the, uh, the Muslims of the world. But these women, these ladies, are standing up to them. They're fighting back. I saw one of them actually hit one of the thugs that was trying to hurt her and whip her with a whip in the public square. She turned on the guy and started hammering him in the head. But she was quickly overwhelmed and dismissed by a group of the other thugs that saw this go on. So beware, if you are a woman, you don't have any rights in Islam. It takes two women's uh, opinions to equal one man's opinions in Islam. Shame on them. Shame on them. 
But these kids, these women, these, these poor people who live under the oppression of Islam, they know what it's like to be persecuted, believe me. The government does this to them. And they issue these methods of death along with all the other Christians if they fight against Islam. Shame on them. The UK sent five billion pounds of weapons to the Saudis so they could carry out their defense of Islam. I don't understand why they would do that, except they want to keep peace in the Middle East, and they think that's the way to do it. Well, in Islam, the only way to world peace, or the only way to any peace at all, is to kill people. And once they're killed, it will be quiet. I saw one lady beheaded, and she was crying out and fighting to the last second, and they lopped off her head. Believe me, it is not a pleasant sight to see. It is not a pleasant sight. It is not easy. Well, let's turn to the Bible. Do you think that Islam is anywhere in the Bible? Well, I'm here to say that it's all through it. From Genesis to Revelation. Now, I can't cover the whole Bible in this podcast, but... If you find the following names in Scripture, it's talking about the ancestors of the Islamic peoples. Here we go. Seba, S-E-B-A, and Havila, and Sabta, Sabtika, Sheba, Didan, Uz, Buzz, Chesed, the Chaldeans, Hazo, Medan, Midian, Shua, Ishmael, Nebaioth, Kidar, Duma, Masa, Tima, and Kidiyama, Kadima. Where's that found? Start in Genesis 10. And then go to Genesis 22, 25. And then remember when uh, Joseph was sold by an Arab merchant and he was bought by somebody who was Egyptian? These are all Islamic peoples. That's found in Genesis 37. It's also uh, verse 25 and 20 through 28, that whole area there. And it's also in 39... And it's also in Judges, chapter 6, verse 1, and 8, 24, Exodus. It's found in Kings. That's First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. It's in Jeremiah, Isaiah, Revelation. It's all through the Bible. And it gives the history of those peoples and how they devolved into what they are today. But it doesn't give anything much about the doctrines of Islam because it didn't exist at the time. This is the history of the peoples who started Islam, Mohammed and the like. Well, it's not good, but let's start today in Jeremiah chapter 49. 
I'm only going to have time to hit the highlights here, but I want you to get the flavor of chapter 49, 50, 51, and 52 of Jeremiah. So here's what it says. This message was given concerning the Ammonites. Now the Ammonites are the Jordanians, if I'm not mistaken. This is what the Lord says. Are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of Gad? Why are you who worship Moloch living in its towns? Moloch was that molten god we talked about last week, where they would burn their babies in sacrifice to this pagan god. Shame on them. But anyway, that's where we're at today. These people are worshiping a false god. This is not Jehovah they're worshiping. They're not worshiping the same God as the Jews or the Christians. Hardly. No. Islam worships Mohammed, to be honest with you, and also Allah, a pagan statue-type God. And they kiss the Kaaba stone in Mecca once in a lifetime. They have to go to Mecca and go around and around and around this giant cube of a building. And on one corner of this building, there is a, a metal, excuse me, a female genitalia. And it's got a stone inside it. They reach in there with their lips and kiss this thing. Ew, how gross can you get? I mean, it's horrible. But this is the way they worship. Shame on them. Verse 2, chapter 49, Jeremiah. In the days to come, says the Lord, I will sound the battle cry against your city of Rabbah, R-A-B-B-A-H. It will become a desolate heap of ruins, and the neighboring towns will be burned. Drop down to uh, verse 3. Weep and wail, hiding in the hedges for your god, Moloch, with its priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant lands. You are proud of your fertile valleys, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, you rebellious daughter, and taught that no one would ever harm you. But look, I will bring terror upon you. These terrorists are going to be terrorized by none other then God himself says the Lord, and this is in verse 5, the Lord of heaven's armies says, your neighbors will chase you from your land. Could that be the Israelites? I'd say probably. And no one will help your exiles as they flee. But in the end, God will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites in the days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then he gives a message about the Edomites. Well, this is in Saudi Arabia, as I understand it. It's where Mount Seir is and all that surrounding area. This message was given concerning Edom. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Is there no wisdom in Teman, that's in Saudi? Is no one left to give wise counsel? Turn and flee, hide in caves, you people of Dedan. 
For when I bring disaster upon Edom, I will punish you too. Dropping down to uh, verse 13. For I have sworn by my own name, says the Lord, that Basra will become an object of horror. Now, there is a city named Basra. There's actually two of them in the Middle East. One of them is in Iraq. Basra will become an object of horror, a heap of ruins. It will be mocked and cursed. Its towns and villages will be desolate forever. Verse 15 says, The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be despised by all. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others. So, see, they get cocky and proud. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. You live in a rock fortress and control the mountain heights. But even if you make your nest among the peaks with the eagles... I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Jehovah is going to win this battle. And that's the point of this podcast. It's not the Chinese that we need to worry about. It's not Europe. It's not the United States of Europe versus the United States of America. No. It's not Russia versus the USA. It's not China versus the USA. Now, World War III and its results, tragic though they might be, it, we're, we're going to bring us uh, as a, a people, a group of people on planet Earth, to the brink of extinction through World War III. And who will be the key uh, instigators? The Shiites and the Sunnis, if you ask me, according to the Word of God. Edom will be an object of horror. All who pass by will be appalled and gasp at the destruction they see. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. That's verse 18. But you can read the rest of chapter 49 and 50, it goes on to talk about the Lord's plans against Edom. The earth will shake at the noise of Edom's fall, and its city, its cry of despair will be heard all the way to the Red Sea. It mentions Basra again, and Damascus. Verse 24, chapter 49, Jeremiah. Damascus has become feeble, and all her people turn to flee. Fear and anguish and pain has gripped her as they grip a woman in labor. That famous city, a city of joy, will be forsaken. Her young men will die in the streets. Her soldiers will all be killed, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I will set fire to the walls of Damascus that will burn up the palaces of Ben-Hadad. And then it talks about Kedar and Hazor. Hazor will be inhabited by jackals. It will become desolate forever. This is verse 33. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. 
dropping down to verse 36. I will destroy the archers of Elam, the best of their forces. I will bring enemies from all directions, and I will scatter the people of Elam to the four winds, and they will be exiled to countries around the world. But in the days to come, says the Lord, I will restore the fortunes of Elam. Now see, Elam, I believe, is Iran, but it talks about Babylon. Now I believe Babylon in chapter 50 is talking about Iraq. But it goes on and on. There will be weeping and seeking the Lord with all their hearts in the end. In those days, verse 20, no sin will be found in Israel or Judah, for I will forgive the remnant I preserve. So see, Israel is going to make it through this terrible time of war when we come to the very brink of destruction. Now let's go to Isaiah chapter 34 and read just a few words here. Let the world and everything in it hear my words, for the Lord is enraged against the nations. It's about all nations. And we as human beings have never formed any weapon that we haven't ended up using. And let me just tell you that if they drop nuclear weapons on the Middle East, we're all in trouble worldwide. Why? Well, just simply read verse 9. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. Now, Edom is Saudi Arabia, the way I understand it. And then we've got Iraq. We've got Iran. All of those are oil-producing states. All of them have oil buried just a few feet, if it's buried at all. And in some areas, it's open to the atmosphere today. You catch that on fire, they've got 150 years or more of a supply of fuel. And guess what? There's no putting that out. Only Jesus' return will put that fire out. That fire will burn so very hot that it will melt the sands around each one of the bomb sites. And all of that sand will fold in, melted into the abyss. And that fuel will come up and belch out of the earth on fire and cause all kinds of havoc. You can imagine what would happen. The smoke alone will cover the earth with black smoke. When that happens, it will be just like Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 29. Here is the way it says it in the NLT. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky. The powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then at last the sign of the Son of Man that he is coming will appear in the heavens. 
and there will be deep mourning among the peoples of the earth. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his children, his chosen ones, from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. That's when things start to turn around. When Jesus returns, he's going to clean up the mess, set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And then peace at last will come. Do you know that the book of Ezekiel says that they will be burning the guns for fuel, the wood of the guns, the stocks and such, will be burning for seven years. Can you imagine all the weapons of war gone off the planet? Yay, come Lord Jesus. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Tune in again next time, if you would. This was episode 186. I hope you have a great day. But until next time, you can go to my website, itellwhy.com. itellwhy.com. And you can, there's nothing for sale there. I just want to give you my view of the Bible, of prophecy. You can read my eight books there. I'm about to think about putting my ninth one up there. But anyway, until next time, have a great day.